When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, the last of the Steelers Hall of Honorees in the class of 2022, Max, is a teammate of yours that you played with, of course, the great Heath Miller, who was actually, did you, you didn't see him up here, did you? He was up here on Saturday. Oh, that's, yeah. oh yes. I, I was okay. on the yeah, field but, with him, yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay. I, I got my days screwed up again. <laughs> yeah, <'cause>, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it ain't easy being me. You no, know? no, no, no. I mean, hey, hey listen, we, we were here. We were live. It was Saturday. That's right. That, that was the day I realized that, that you know, during training camp, it's not Monday through Friday. It's it's every day that's yeah. practice. That, so that was that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Heath Miller played from 2005 to 2015. He's a two-time Super Bowl ring holder. He's uh, a two-time Pro Bowler, and he was the team MVP in 2012. What say you about the great Heath Miller? Oh, man. How much time we got? We got all the time you need, okay. brother. We can go to break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, when you think of you know, what Heath uh, did, I mean, Heath came in my second year in the league in 2005. He was an immediate impact as a first-rounder coming out of the University of Virginia, and Heath had this quiet confidence about him because, I mean, he was in a tight end battle. Jeremy Tumans on the squad right. at this time, and you're trying to fight for playing time as a rookie and I just remember he was one of, I would say, one of the last true all-around tight ends that, that, that was a prominent right. player because the way that the tight end position has changed so drastically in the NFL over the last five to seven years. Um, he was one of those. He was throwback style, right? He could inline block a defensive end, and then he could also go run and catch a deep corner route or a deep middle route. I exactly. mean, he was he was a guy that – you know, Ben, even though there wasn't a lot of, you know, high-volume numbers that we think today, right, it wasn't Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates-type numbers, but he did more than what Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates was asked to do within the offensive construct. And, you know, I think he kind of often, you know, was kind of unheralded for a lot of times, but he was that consistent safety blanket for Ben. When things got wrong, Ben knew he could look to the hashes and – and and Heath was going to make himself available, and he had and he had stick'em hands. Yes, he did. He could catch any and everything within his framework, and he would go he go grab it out of the air and make plays for you. And I think that was something that you know you kind of you take for granted uh, what he was dependability wise um, in a lot of effects. 
But you realize a lot of things wouldn't have happened had Heath not been out there on the field. And this is a guy who played in this, in our first Super Bowl in Super Bowl Forty, um, and was a mainstay through three different Super Bowl appearances, and was just steady Eddie, a fan favorite. You know, you hear the crowd when he right. made the catch. Heath, and even Mike Tomlin did that to yes, to, he to, did. To, he to did that Saturday. Him. Yes, yeah. So. It was just special. It was seeing him, seeing Katie, seeing all the kids out there. Um, what a special moment. I mean, Heath is such a tremendous guy. He's a man of few words. Right. But Heath is just such a great human being. He has a great core about him and a great sense of self. And I loved him as a teammate. I knew I had great comfort when I saw 83 either in motion or line up from, from the get-go right next to me. I knew I was going to be protected. And whatever play we had, we were going to be good. You know, the interesting thing is you pointed out, uh, his his availability in several different positions, his position flexibility. You're talking about inline tight end. He yeah. was also H-back capable. That's right. And you could even play him at fullback if you needed to because yeah. he was so good at blocking even when somebody was removed from He could block in space. Yes. You know what I mean? Which for people that don't know, when you get out there in the open range and you're a, you know you're one of the big shaggies, you're a big ugly, you're out there, large prairie mammal, hunt, trying to hunt down some of those dastardly small defensive guys, it's a little bit difficult. It's not like when you're right in the box, in the trench, where yeah. it's close quarter combat. No, a- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it was it's something that's a rarity because now you're asking tight ends to do more from a passing standpoint because of rule changes and regulations. So you don't necessarily line them up in there unless it's for show and then you're just going to motion them out. Right. Or you're going to change the formation on them. You're just trying to get a personnel matchup. And now Heath was he was like, I could do it all. I don't need to leave the field wherever you need to line me up, set them up. I'm gonna knock them down. And that was a great thing that and comfort that you had. You didn't have to worry about it at the tight end position because Heath Miller was always there. You know, he was the first round draft pick in 2005, as you talked about. Uh, He's played. He started I this I did not know. He started 167 of 168 regular season games, 15 of 15 in the postseason, you know. I knew he was a tough guy, but I forgot just how tough a guy he was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. 167 of 168. You you and I both know how hard it is to get string sacks. I mean, to stack playing games together and not miss games. It's, wow. It's, and considering at his position, right, this is a guy who's blocking your defensive end and trying to shake a safety. Yeah. You know, so and you're out in the open field catching a lot of his passes across the middle, you know, in the high traffic zones and all the different injuries that can happen from cross motion and bodies colliding and the fact that he he could keep himself healthy and also make sure that he avoided major injury is a tremendous testament to just his vision, his training, his nutrition, and just keeping himself in the best shape as possible. You know, he was the Steelers' all-time leader amongst tight ends in receptions with 592, receiving yards with 6,569, and receiving TDs, uh, that being 45. I mean, of course, all tight end records. But still, I mean, this guy, you know, you talk about a man of such few words. It wasn't until I heard him at, he was at Mel Blunt's All-Star Roast, uh, yeah. He came back. Did you? Were you the MC for that? Oh, for Kiesel? Was it Kiesel? Was it? Yeah. Was Heath there then, or was he? Yes, Heath was there. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. you, I expected to be phenomenal as you were as the yeah. MC. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but I did not expect Heath to get up and speak 
with, you know, anything more than 30 seconds. He was killing it. And, and he had jokes, too, which was amazing yeah, as well. How like, about that? Did yeah, you, exactly. You're laughing because you're laughing at the joke and laughing at the fact that it's Heath Miller telling the joke. Exactly, exactly. The double whammy, right? I mean, but, yeah, that's the funny thing. You know, you know, when you see him, he's very soft-spoken but very thoughtful in his words. He never he never, he never, never used extra words. He, right. He, he gave you exactly what, what was necessary. The bare minimum. The bare minimum. But it was funny. When you, you engaged Heath and talked to him, you'd have a great conversation. Yes. But it's but it's, once it's public spectacle, public forum, it changes a little bit. Well, the funny part, too, is that the, the true secret of the, the Miller family, uh, that, that it's not Heath that was the – awesome athlete it was his wife katie yes she was on the national soccer team right yeah yeah, yeah. So she was the real athlete in the group exactly exactly she she kept him on his toes <laughs> <laughs> i saw them he he was there with the kids uh you know on saturday before the uh at the hall of honoree was was announced so i saw him over at the spring hill suites there and it was just um you know, it's just like you said. You engage him in regular conversation, and all of a sudden, I'm going, I, I never, I've never talked to him that long. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's just, you know, in the locker room, it was always yes, no, maybe. You know, what I mean, yeah, exactly. Very non-quotable. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that—that's one of the things I think now. You know, because seeing him uh, over the last couple of years, you know, he's starting to do more stuff on television, right? He's starting to, right. He's starting to speak out more. And, and let's just face it, he's going to have to give a speech to this Hall of Honor class. So <laughs> hopefully everybody sees that or watches the replay and catches that one because that, that, I think that's going to be a really good moment um, because when Heath does speak for speech purposes, he's a very good, very thoughtful, and very engaging speaker. So I think people, people want to hear what Heath has to say. Because Heath has bottled up a lot during his career. <laughs> All I know, when you had him, you introduced him there at Mel Blunt's All-Star Roast for for the youth home, that fundraiser, that, that it's a great one. And and uh, having Heath up there, and I thought Heath was going to sit down in about 10 seconds. And yeah. he just killed it. I mean, yeah. and I was I was just, I was shocked. Yeah. It just, it was shocking to see him actually speak and laugh and tell jokes, which were very good. Yeah. You know, he's like going, wow, I, where was this over his, what, 11-year career? Exactly. I mean, it, it's a funny moment to look back on it and think about that because, yeah, man of man of very, very, very little words. I remember in one game, Ben was under, under siege. He ducked one rusher from one side, ducked another. And I'm not sure if there was one more, but at least on the second one, after the second one, if not a third one. He, he stood up, and he immediately turned and threw right at the sideline marker, at the first down marker, and hit Heath right there. And it, I'm looking and going, he didn't have time to see if, if Heath was there. And I asked B.A. afterwards, I said, was that pre-planned or, you know, or was that just sheer luck with Ben coming out of, you know, ducking yet another sack and then winging the ball over there? And he said, no, that's just how they do it. it when it breaks down, you know, and, and – you know, the pass rush is getting there. They head for the first down marker. He knows that's where uh, Heath is going to go. Ben knows that's where his, his money bag is going to be. Well, and, and that's where trust comes in. Exactly. That's where experience comes in. And that's what these quarterbacks are trying to develop, right? And that's, that's an uncanny thing when you have a relationship with quarterback and pass catcher. Yes. You know, because tight end, receiver, however you want to call it, running back. 
to know what the rules are. Okay, if you if you if you see those SOL moments, which I won't say what that is, but we all know what that is. If you've heard that phrase, um, you know, when you're, you're always out, out of luck. Surely, <laughs> surely, but don't call me Shirley. Um, <laughs> Hit, hit the guy, and he knew Heath was going to be there. And Heath has been that dependable guy. He's going to be exactly where you need him to be in the right moment. He is, and he has always been that. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when you talk about one of the highlight films that I love is after one catch, I'll never forget, they flash to Mike Tomlin on the sidelines yelling, always go to Heath Miller, always go to Heath Miller. I mean, yeah. with emphasis, knowing that that's where you can be sure he's either going to get the first down, the touchdown, or make the play because he is that sort of a security blanket for the quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's why, and, and he's one of the guys that, that allowed me to understand how important that tight end position is because I got to watch Heath do it with Ben yeah. and them grow up together and play together and build that nonverbal communication cues that he knew that, hey, when I, when, when I needed Earl – Earl was going to be there. <laughs> Earl? Earl. Okay. His explain. first name's not Heath. Get out. It's Earl Heath Miller. Earl Heath Miller? I didn't even know that. See? Exactly. Learn something new all the time, and yeah. you've been holding out on me. Well, wait a second. It wasn't necessary until we had, we had to talk about Heath going into the Hall of Honor. <laughs> all right. Before we go, I had alluded to it earlier, and I want to get back to it. Today also, because those, those are all our, our uh, Hall of Honor honorees of this year's uh, 2022 class, but also, again, the focus on not counting heads while you're in the position room as we are going through the pads day. Pads day signifies where the clock is ticking now, you know, where you've got to start making sure you get noticed, making sure that you start to get your focus on improving your game, but it's also where you can sit in your room uh, it, that would be your position room, and you kind of get overwhelmed by looking around and going, "Wow, there's a lot of guys here," and uh, you don't know what the what what how this is all going to shake out. Guys get injured, guys leave, guys just don't perform at a level, or guys show up out of nowhere and they people start to go, hmm, "That guy can play." Biggest deal. Talk about the the importance of focusing on yourself and not looking around the room. You're not a team yet. Right, you're 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 a guy trying to trying to become a part of a team, and that's what that's what this is right now. At this stage in training camp, you are not guaranteed a spot. You are not a guy. You're not you know unless you're the Cam Haywards of the world or the TJ Watts, right? Guys who got contract extensions, and there's an expectation for a majority of guys. You are yourself trying to represent the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's the mindset you have to have. There's no teammates. There's no brother-in-laws. None of that exists right now. Now, we could talk about that after final cuts. Right. And you're on the team and, play, and getting ready for week one, you know, to go up to Cincinnati. But right now, that, that that's the furthest thing from your mind. Right now, clear and present thought should be, I need to, I need, I need to make myself stand out, and I need to show that I belong. Rookie, vet signee, unsigned, whatever, you are here to make the team. This is the first step. This is the first real step because they want to know they can trust. I don't know if I can trust you in underwear. I want to know that I can trust you in armor. 
right? And, put, and putting the pads that's, on that's that first really, one. It just creates a bad visual when you say that. Well, you went there. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, the, I didn't want to go right there. Now, the equivalent of like underwear. I didn't. All right. T-shirts all right. and shorts. Okay, I got you. And I'm following you. I'm, I'm following you. But the, there was a moment there where it just it just created it's a bad awkward visual. visual. It's yes, like the I, same I, thing. Oh, you know, Ronnie brings this up, and he brings up this when I competed in sumo. And it always brings up, and Ronnie will go, you know, that's just really a bad visual. That's just ugly. Yeah, well, <laughs> as long as the camera stays from the side view showing both of you. Is it, wait, Can you so, just go waste up, man? Is, just waste is, up, Will you please. go sky cam from a back angle of either side? That's when it gets <laughs> a awkward. A tootsie shot. Yeah, how far, that's right. How far you want me to pull back? How about Cleveland? Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> In fact, you know what? Just, just draw a picture. Don't, just, e- don't, e- don't even show the camera. <laughs> Just, just crayon you, the thing in. Put, and, can you put me in a raincoat? No, can we fight in raincoats? No, that's not possible. Okay. All right, we yeah. got to go to break. Oh, we got so much more and more. You're going to learn each and every day if you tune into the locker room because I, for the first time, just learned that Heath Miller is really Earl. Heath Earl Miller. Heath Miller Jr. Yes, Jr. you know, it's kind of like an English title. You go, the Earl of Heath. Yeah, the Earl oh. of Heath. Yeah. I like that. Also sounds Royalty. like a great Dairy Queen product. I would love to have Ooh. the Earl of Heath, uh, you know. Oh, that sounds right, sensational. Blizzard. Yeah, great. Blizzard. The yeah. Earl of Heath Blizzard. And it, has, and it has the little toffee Heath crunches in it. Heath bar. Oh, yes. my goodness. Anyways, Let's we digress. Let's get Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Let's get out of here. All right, let's go to break. Anyway, take us to break, Derek Max. Wade. Go ahead, take us All to break. All right, you've been listening to In the Locker Room with <laughs> Wolf, yeah. Starks, Ninjas, Fields, Steelers. We'll be back in a moment. Right. Let's go play some ball. Always talking black and gold football on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Man, if you can't get a little excited about Pads Day, the very first Pads Day, you don't have a heartbeat. I mean, this is, I'm really getting pumped. You can see people coming in. They're all getting pumped. They're staking out their places on the hillside here. Make sure you got a good view uh, to see all the action going on it's going to be absolutely awesome and just a terrific day i got a feeling um boy am i looking forward to this so here's the thing about it you got uh we got the brian uh, we got the boss brian bosworth you know i'm thinking brian bosworth i remember we played him you know yeah when he was up in uh up in seattle and and we whipped the pants off of him uh, i remember mike webster uh, just going, well, you know what, he ain't, he ain't quite what he's cracked up to be. But regardless, the Boz is getting a new deal. And the Boz, or as I like to call him, Traps, he's second in the league in field goal percentage with an 88.3. Him and Paul and, and the Tucker guy from the, the Dirty Birds. They're the two, Justin Tucker, they're both uh, excellent kickers. But you know what, Boz is really, the dude, he's, uh, you know, he came in in 2015. He was you know, that was after some people got hurt. Sean Sweezum blew out his knee. at the. Sweezy. Yep, exactly so. So uh, he came in, he made his first 17 kicks. Yeah. I mean, that's 
that's a lot, man. Well, and, and think about you know the pressure you're coming in, right? I mean, the kicker who replaces a good kicker, <laughs> you know, is always looked at like, okay, what can you do to keep the standard or exceed it? And well, 17 straight in a row will will always get the <laughs> 17 get the eye. does it. Yeah, yeah, that that, that does it. That's I, pretty I mean, good. I mean, you probably could have sealed it at 15, but you know, you put a little extra on it just to make sure you leave an exclamation point. <laughs> well, think about this. In in 2021, all right, the Wizard of Boz kicked three field goals in the fourth quarter twice. All right, twice he did that. Three yeah. fourth quarter field goals twice. He also nailed the Heinz Field record of 56. I mean, you know how hard it is or was to kick at Heinz Field for yeah. a long time. Until they filled in the one end, I don't know. It kind of changed the, I don't know, the wind currents or something? Yeah, yeah, the windage was just a the little bit different. The windage was a little bit very Yeah, it escalated it just a little bit higher, so it didn't quite come down and and hit you immediately when the ball goes off the so tee. So then it would go, yeah, it would go askew there. Yeah. But you know what? He was 8 of 9 at 50 yards plus last year. 8 of 9. That's Man, accuracy. that's amazing. That's why I call him Captain Fantastic. I call yeah. him Traps also because I saw him in the weight room one time doing uh, diamond bar deadlifts with like, I don't know, 315 pounds. Man, he was okay. You know, hey, listen, listen, this is legit. not the kickers of old. That's no, it's not no. like the kickers of old. Yeah, no, they 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 have to be strong guys. I mean, listen, listen. Even for all intents and purposes, you know, when Jeffrey was my was was our kicker, right. I mean, Jeff was Quadzilla. You know, yeah, that's he had true. he had thunder thighs. Yes, he did. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's important. You know, you realize we have to be able to do more. You know, as players at every position, you know, you're going to be asked to do something. I mean, he's on kickoff. What happens if you actually have to make the tackle? You need to be ready. <laughs> Trap helps that for when you have to get up. across the bow, right? Absolutely. <laughs> now, but this is the part I want to actually. When I see Boz, I want I I, I got to bust him on this. Okay, this is his quote. I'm going to read it to you, and then I want you to react to this. Okay. All right, because this is about mental preparation, the mental side of kicking. Mentally, you've got to be there. You got to be aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it. Other than that, I don't really pay attention to the mental side. I just stay within myself, and I don't get cut off too much with what I what is going on around me. Um, is that a lot of gobbledygook? <laughs> I'm going. What's he saying? Mentally, you got to be there. You've got to be aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it. But other than that, I don't really pay attention to the mental side. <laughs> Existentialist uh, thought process, right there. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Yeah, okay." You grabbed me with the first sentence or two, but then, yeah, and, and then you other completely backtrack yourself. <laughs> it's amazing. So, are you mentally there? Yeah, or are you I, mentally not there? I just need to know. Uh, I just need to know what 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 is it? Are you engaged? You're not engaged? Are you disengaging while engaging? I, I you know, I, I I don't know. What is it that what, you're trying to point out here? What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? We know what your job is, but what are you doing? <laughs> what was it that, that one uh, the one thing from the office? The guy sits down and goes, what would you say you do around here? Oh. Dabney uh, Coleman. Office space. Oh, is that office space? Uh, office okay. space, yeah. Office, yeah. What would you say you do around you here? You do around here. No, no, just take me through a day-to-day operations it's like stanley right stanley with the red stapler you know, right it's, it's like yeah we fired him 10 years ago but he keeps showing up to the office and for some reason we we we, we keep trying to pay him or we keep paying him there was a glitch he's like we'll fix it yeah he's like we fixed the glitch that's exactly yeah. Yeah. what are you gonna do i don't know i'm do? just wondering are yeah. you mentally paying attention or are you not paying attention 
Yeah. You know, you stay within yourself. Okay, you don't get caught up too much with what is going on around you. You're just focusing on your job. That's it. it must like, be like just like I, I, I am the be the ball. I am the ball type of deal. I, I, I don't know. You know, that's just the boss being the boss. Well, the wizard that, of boss. That lets us know that there's layers to kickers. They have layers. <laughs> they have layers. They have we're layers. not going to. We are not going to be capable of peeling back the onion. Don't even want to. No. I tear up too easily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get on to a little bit of yeah. takeaways from the lingerie league, lingerie league football that we witnessed over the past three days. We, of course, we're looking at pads today. But first off, comment on on the ones I throw at you here. Uh, Mason Rudolph, in my mind, is killing it. Mason Rudolph, I, I would say, is doing is doing the best out of, out of the crew right now, as far as consistency, as far as accuracy and grasp of the offense. I think. This is, you know, and what you expect. You, we expect this because, I mean, hey, you go into year five. This is, this is an opportunity when there hasn't been in the last four years, right? Ben has always been looming over you, right? And it, and it's never been a matter of can I beat him out. It was a matter of when is he going to retire for Mason, you know? And you were drafted in that in that ilk. So this is the first time this comes up, and you realize this is a chance to do what I want to do. It's starting the National Football League, lead a team. So those opportunities don't come that often. And especially at this point in, in a lot of guys' careers. Like usually it ha- has to happen within the first three years or so or else you get defined as a career backup. Well, no, lightning struck twice. You're now in year five with an opportunity and a grasp and a head start over the other two competitors or three competitors, I should be fair, to say there's three other quarterbacks on the yes, roster, right. but only two of them taking snaps. So, you know, you have a responsibility – to get a clean shot, continue to be in the eye, and continue to take those reps and continue to make strides if this is what you ultimately want to do. And you have an opportunity here watching how Mitch and Kenny are going about their process. Not to say that they're they're bad, but the offense isn't having too many highlights in practice, especially on Saturday. So you need to come in and try and create those highlights and show your rapport, show your leadership in the huddle because all of those things are what coaches are looking for. And Mike Tomlin said, you know, I'm not going to – don't don't start grading them on every throw because we're not changing, the, the you know, the depth chart right. week after week, play after play, day after day. It, it's a culmination of work. So you need to continue to stack great stuff. And right now he has a lot of good stuff stacked right now, but – can you keep it going and can you build upon it, especially when we get out here with pads? Because now where you throw that guy, now granted, you know, there, there was a lot of guys that was running around and hitting guys across the middle with yeah. <laughs> spiders. But now where you throw that pass has a direct physical correlation to what happens after the play. Right. And are you hanging your wide receiver out to dry? Or are you putting in a place where only he can catch it or nobody can catch it and you're like guiding him into safety? That's the other thing that has to be that trust factor. So I like what Mason's doing right now. I need him to keep it up, but I also need to see this offense click a little more consistently so I can feel comfortable. One of the things that you kind of hit on, too, and you talked about the fact Ben looming over the shoulder. For, you know, the five years that Mason's been here, you know, even when he was playing and even when uh, Ben went down for the year with his elbow and everything, there's always the knowledge that you didn't win the job, that this is – you're just keeping the job for somebody else. You know what it was like with Marvell Smith. Oh, Marvell, you know, oh, he's hurt. You got to come in. Yeah. Then you knew the difference when you won the job because that, now you're the man, and you know you're the man, and you know that that's your job unless and until you screw it up. Okay. So yes. there's a real difference in your mindset over winning the job from training camp outward 
you know, versus holding the job down for somebody else. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that and that's the thing. You know, we always talk about starters and waiting, right? We don't yep. call them back because you call them starters right. and waiting. But the other problem is, is that the starter is still going to come back at some point if you didn't win that job in camp. And you know that you're just placeholding, so this isn't really yours. You're just trying to hold the place. The mindset and look, is different. The, yeah, it's a mindset that's different. Like, I'm just doing this until he comes back. Yeah. Whereas when you win the job, it's, no, no, this is mine. I earned it. You eat what you kill, right? right. You know, it's that mentality, and you don't just get handed. This is the leftovers, you know. And and there's a sense of pride about that. You could tell when a guy has earned a starting role or has been given one, or is just there momentarily. You're there as a placeholder, right? right. You know, you walk to a banquet, and you're looking at at the table like, hey, you're in table eight, and you're looking around, looking at the little place. Okay, this is not my name. This is this is Craig Wolfley's. This is this is Bill Hillgrove. Uh, we're, oh, Max Starks. Okay, there I am. And you sit in that place versus say, no, I bought the table. I'm going to sit wherever I want <laughs> because this is my table. And and so you, you can have a little bit more latitude. It also builds confidence to then be an eventual leader. No doubt about it. Excellent. All right, here's another point. Kevin Dotson versus Kendrick Green at left guard. That battle, it's going to be fun to watch when the pads get clicking today. And it will get clicking today. Those are two monster beefaloes. Those yes. are two guys, two large prairie mammals, as I like to refer to them as, that I think can – this is going to be a terrific battle. Now, I'm still – and i got to, you know, full, you know, full disclosure. I'm still, yeah. I'm still in favor of Kendrick getting an opportunity to battle at center. Now, I know Kendrick says I'm, I'm not the big – let me tell you something. I went back and watched a lot in the offseason of what – he, he did some phenomenal stuff. Now, he's got some bad habits. As some of the things he did as far as knowing who the most dangerous on double teams, that was a little bit problematic. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, his, his ability on walls, you know, he'd get himself in, in, at a poor level so that some of the games were hitting him in the side and in the back. Yeah. Um, there was I thought on some of his back blocks, his footwork was not – as well as should be, and his pad level came up. But there are so many tremendous things that he was capable of doing. Everything was fixable. Yeah. You know, and I understand Mason Cole. Hey, I'm anxious to see what Mason can do. I'm anxious to see what uh, James Daniels does. I think he's going to be excellent. But, if you know, Kendrick right now and Kevin Dotson, that's going to be a whale of a, of a Jurassic Park type of matchup at the left guard spot. Well, and, and I love that competition because I think both of these guys, like you said, can go. And here's the thing. There is no loser because whoever does not win that job, you know that's your swing guy in the interior. Right. And you have a lot of confidence knowing that these dudes have done it, can do it, and they're also going to do it with a lot with a lot of intent. I oh, think that's yeah. the best way of saying it. A lot of – and I even go with malintent, you know. <laughs> malintent, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, as your brother Ron would say. they dudes. He'd say, he'd say you know, you have, to, you have to go in with a dark heart. Yeah, and and I think when you get to the run game, that's what you need, um, is that is that type of persona. But you know, I agree with you. I th- I think Kendrick, you know, should he get another shot at center? Absolutely. But I think you know, you look at where's his strength. I mean, a lot of the things that I said. I mean, this was even midseason. I thought he was going to be a heck of a guard. Oh, we right? both talked about it. When yes. you don't have to snap it, all you yep. do get to do is fire off and just focus on your job. Th- that, and, and he's and, expressed, you know, that I I 
didn't like. Now I'm sure that they talked to him ahead of time before they drafted him. Said, uh, "We're gonna, yeah. you know, we'd like you to try center." Yeah, you know, and but it, try center and start at center are two different words. But I, you know, yeah. I still look at it and I know that kid is capable of playing yeah. some pretty good, great level of play at the center position. I believe that. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I got no problem if he's a left guard, right guard, whatever that he gets in there somewhere because I'll say this, amongst all those offensive linemen, he is the one true finisher that we've seen. Yeah. I mean, one one guy that is absolutely going to finish on each and every play. And it's not even a thought process or a business decision involved in that. It's no. just it's a part of the DNA. That's exactly so. And I think when you have that, that's what I think makes a tremendous guard, though. Oh, yeah. You know there's what I'm saying? No doubt. I, I think a center, you have to pick and choose your battles, and there's a little bit more finesse in there. Well, you got to get back to the set the huddle and everything. You can't stand around scrapping with a guy and losing time, you know. Which is, which yeah. happened a couple times. Well, it happens because he is a scrappy dude. That's why we love him. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's what you know. Fifteen yards down the field, and you're on top of a guy, and you're yelling at him as well. But it's like, oh no, no, no. we need to set the huddle. No. Set the huddle. He was tackled nine <laughs> yards back here. You guys still got to exactly. run back here. And then run back to the line. <laughs> well, the last point I'm going to bring out when what time? How much time we got? We got to okay. Oh, we're yeah. going to. I'm going to do it real quick. All right, one more. If you want to cover six twelve, that being the Zach Gentry. All right. Yeah. In the seam, you better bring a stepladder because if you saw when Terrell Edmonds and Miles Jack had him bracketed, I mean they zinged that ball. Whoever threw it, I think it was Mitch Trubisky, threw it in a place where he caught it at the full extension of the six twelve. You know, as Eric Ebron called Zach yeah. Gentry. And that was sensational. That's what we wanted to see. You see that high-reaching uh, two-handed grab by, by Zach Gentry? That was yeah. big stuff. No, absolutely. And that, that's where we talk about the matchup nightmares. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the challenge he presents. Corner can't, can't cover him physically. And a linebacker and a, and a safety are not fast enough. And even when they try and bracket and double-team him, he's still going to win. So – how you get him and use him in the field, along with Pat Fryermuth, along with Kevin Rader, you have a great competition there at tight end and a lot of different options to deploy um, to attack proposing defenses. Absolutely. All right, we're going to be back with more. We are at training camp. It's Pads Day, baby. It's going to get live. It's about to get real. We're back with more. Or wherever you get your podcast. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. We're just winding up with some of the thoughts that we've kind of put together over the three days of the Lingerie League football. And one of the things that uh, it just came out from from the three days is T.J. Watt. Man, this guy is prepping and performing like he could be a two-time Defensive Player of the Year winner rather than just a one-time. Or should be working on his third. Yeah, yeah good point. Good yeah, point. Just, just, just saying. Out there. Just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Hello, McFly. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> and McFly being the NFL. But right. Yeah, I mean, he, he was robbed the year before he won it last year. Um, and, and once again, we will always maintain that he did break and reset Yes. The NFL single season sack record. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, TJ has been absolutely um, phenomenal in camp so far. And I know, hey, why are you pouring praises, Max, on a guy that doesn't even have, you know, shoulder pads on? It's not live. Right. Here's the problem. 
that's probably a good thing for the offense that he does not have pads and shells on, right? right. Yeah, he's in shells right. in this process because it could get a lot worse. <laughs> it could always get a lot worse. At least he's just catching interceptions and punting them into the crowd. That's true. As opposed to returning he's them for touchdowns. He's not going to be a punter. The no. one thing, we know one thing he doesn't do well is punt. He is, but not, that's okay. he is not a punter. We won't yeah. hold that against him. Yeah. But now, if we need it, we're on the 10-yard line. It's fourth and 10 and we can't get in, yep. yeah, that's when his punting skills might be necessary because he can still probably get you a coffin corner. But other than that, you know, I'm sure we can add that to his coffin resume. Coffin corner from the 10. Yeah, exactly. And we're not talking about 90 the other we're way. We're not talking about your own 10. We're talking the opponent's 10. <laughs> now, here's the thing that I, I find so interesting. I watch him, and he goes about his preparation, his preparing, the way he – uh, trains, you know, they, they, they spend time working on all their pass rushing moves during practice, after practice, before practice. I mean, he practices pass rushing technique with the precision of karate master Chojin Miyagi. All right. Chojin Miyagi was a guy who actually he was the um, he, he was the, you know, the uh, karate kid. Yeah. All right. With Ralph Macchio. Uh-huh. And they had Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Well, Chojin Miyagi was the character that. That Mr. Pat Miyagi, Marita. yeah, Pat, 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 thank you, yeah, yeah, Pat Morita, who who got it off of because Chojin, uh, Chojin Miyagi was uh, the guy who founded Gojuru, which means hard, soft, and I, I picked that up because what I thought was so interesting, watching yeah. him, he will have the explosive. Uh, speed the power rush. Yeah. He will come back with one of those deceptively soft little moves where you know trap the hands and and, and zing around the corner. I mean. The guy does it all, and I, I find it fascinating and watching him prepare because he does not leave it to chance. He doesn't, he's not satisfied with just this pass rush again. This, he's always working towards bettering himself. Well, and, and, and that's the art, right? That's the art of when you see a professional go about his work. You know, he takes this very seriously. And, and you would think a lot of guys rest on their laurels, right? You rest on Pro Bowls. You rest on Player of the Year honors. You rest right. on these accolades. But, no, he wants to build because he knows he can still get better. And that and that's one of the hallmarks. When you think of longevity in this league, it's those little things that keep you in this league to where you don't say, I've arrived. You say, I'm still on the way, right? I mean, <laughs> that's how you have to approach it. That's how you have to be. And watching him, I mean, it just gives me throwbacks to James Harrison, right? Right. Throwbacks to a Clark Hagans, to a Joey Porter, the guys that I got to see and play against and know that they were constantly working their craft, Clark not Hagans. satisfied. Yeah, yes. Clark Clark was an absolute machine. He would get out there. I mean, he'd run, he'd run ten and a half gassers after practice and then, and then go over there and work the dummies with the arms. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's what it has. And, but that's what it takes, too. Yes, it does. So for a young guy coming out here, and look at, hey, what does it take to be a good player? Just look at T.J. Watt. Look at Cam Hayward. Look at the guys who've been here and been successful. And if they're doing it, you probably should be doing it as well. Not to say you need to do exactly what they're doing, but they're taking time on the field to do extra. You should too. Lingerie, lingerie league takeaways. That's what we're doing right now. You just hit on one because Cam Hayward leads from the front better than anybody I think I've seen in a long time. He is always noticeable. He is one of those encouragers. He is one of those multipliers. You know, he's an adder. Force multiplier. Yes, force yeah. <laughs> multiplier. He's one of those guys that, whether it's practice or when it's a game, he leads from the front, and his ability to help motivate and to 
draw guys together. It's it's pretty extraordinary. No, it, it, it is. And, I mean, and there was one specific play, especially in seven shots, I remember, where, uh, you know, I hate to admit this, but uh, James Daniels went backwards very forcefully in shells yep. and ended up on his on his, on his uh, tuchus. Well, you know what? Have, who amongst us can say they that, have that not, we had not, you know, you're lying? Yeah, exactly. Or you've not played long. Yeah, you, you have not. You have not. Or they hit you so hard that you forgot that you sat on your tuchus. Uh, <laughs> That's the key. Yeah, I forgot, mind yeah, you. Yes. Forgot. Conveniently forgot <laughs> that. Conveniently forgot. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's just that that just goes to show. And, and Cam is not satisfied. He is truly, like you said, he's a leader that leads from the front. He's not going to tell you to do anything that he doesn't expect of himself, and that he's not going to go out and give himself. And and that's what it takes, especially this year, right? It's a transition year for the Steelers. You have to go and do the uncommon. You have to go to do the extra, just like I'm watching Chase Claypool right now on the field. He's the only guy out there, um, you know, just c- catching over-the-shoulder passes. Right. Knowing that, you know, he has a dinged-up shoulder and, and he's not feeling healthy, right? But he's still doing the extra work. And that's what it's going to take yes. from every one of the guys who want to be on this team. Right. Right. Because they're right. not a team yet. They're right. a bunch of individuals, but that's the type of effort it's going to take. We got 30 seconds to go. Last one, Alex Highsmith. I'm telling you, he spent his offseason, his offseason, he was eating steaks and squatting with manhole covers on a barbell. All right. There Did you go. see the body on that dude? He's he looking came good. Prepped. Looking good. I mean, heck, I saw him coming from breakfast this morning. It was him and Najee on the cart. I was like, oh, my God, that's a lot of chiseled muscle over there. It In a was good indeed. Way. All yeah. right. We got to roll. We got to get out of here. It's training camp, and it's pads day. You got more coming up after this for Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. We're out of here. This is Black and Gold Fan Habit SNR. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 